Hey, what's up? How you guys doing? Before we get started, I just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about Anchor, seeing that it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain. First off, it's free. There's tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast basically in one place. So with that being said, let's get started. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Gifted Gab. I know it's been a while, but not really. But um, we just wanted to introduce a new program to you guys called 1000 Conversations. Styled as, as 1K Convos. And, you know, this is a chance for uh, me and Andre to, you know, uh, work apart from each other and, and get to know a lot of the faces that you guys may see time and time again and just humanize them. We'll still be releasing episodes together. That'll be under the, the Gifted Gab moniker. But uh, the solo ventures of me, Andre, still a joint project. And we'll be, uh, we'll be alternating every week. So this week will be me. Next week will be Andre. Uh, my first guest is OG Jonah uh, of the Edmonton area. And, you know, with everything going on, this is a, a very necessary conversation to have. Um, everybody's hearts are heavy. My heart is heavy with everything going on. And, you know, people are just fed up. People are really fed up with everything that's happened. And you're seeing the streets speak to that right now. So, you know, whatever you guys are doing to get by, to make sure your mental health is good, uh, keep doing that. Um, and anything you can see where, where people are trying to make change in their community, please help them out. Sign petitions, donate funds, go out and protest, show up to the meetings, whatever you can do to help the cause, make it happen. Because this is, this is bigger than us, okay? This is about humanity. So without no further ado, I want to introduce my first guest of 1K Combos, OG John. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Gifted Gab, thank you for having me, Alex. It's my honor to be here. We got the YGMG hats for sale, and you can get them at YGMG.com using the code the Gifted Gab. You can get five percent off. If you don't believe that there is a systemic issue, I don't want you wearing my hat. If you do believe there is, I would love to see your support. We got lots more clothing coming here in the next couple of weeks. We got Black Lives Matter hats, Black Lives Matter masks, t-shirts, all that coming in memoriam for George Floyd and all the other lives that have been lost. And 50% of the proceeds of that Black Lives Matter will go to the George Floyd Memorial Fund. So you guys are going to be helping the cause that way. It's your boy OG. Alex, thank you for having me. Support I'm black businesses. We're here, we're here, we're here. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Gifted Gab. I've got a I've got a special guest on with me today. Edmonton's own locally grown 
OG Jonah. What's going on, my guy? God bless you, man. Thank you for having me. You already know. You already know. Welcome to the show. Excited to be here. It's, I think this uh this is a little uh, long overdue. Word it is, man. You know, um, you want to tell the tell everybody a little bit about yourself, about what you're doing, your music game. You got your own your own brand. Yeah, man. It's been a blessing. Started making music like 2015. Took it seriously about a year later and started on my own label, YGMG, and it's grown like into a brand, as you said. Like people recognize it. People recognize the the logo. That's why I put it on my car. You know, I was driving <laughs> the other day and some kid pulls up and he's like, "Oh, he's like, yo, what's up?" <laughs> so dope. like people recognize it and mm-hmm. it's a blessing. That's and with my music, it's awesome that I can use it as a tool in this fight because I've made so many songs in the past week. Like I was in the studio, I made like seven, eight songs all addressing what's going on because like I just have to let it out and I feel like I'm just letting out two decades of pain pain mm-hmm. you know 23 years of pain is letting it out mm-hmm. and like I said it's a blessing that I have that platform and I can use that platform to bring awareness to people that there are young Edmontonians who are hungry for change and will go out and get change and won't be intimidated by bills won't be intimidated by popular opinion, won't be intimidated by losing friends and maybe upsetting those who are close to us. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome, bro. I'm, I'm, I love that. I love that you're using your creativity. You're using your platform. That's what we're, that's what we're supposed to do. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if we have anything in any way to contribute to the fight, we got to use it, you know, and, and especially as black people, we got to hold ourselves accountable. Yep. Right. And as hold everybody else accountable. That's yep. what's up. Um, you know, here on the Gifted Gab, we, we refer to a lot of what goes on in Edmonton from the perspective of people that are from Toronto. You know what I'm saying? So our, our perspective has always been the outside looking in. What What is growing up in Edmonton like as a black man? Before I answer that question, I got a burning question. Mm. How long have you guys been here from Toronto? So I've been here on and off, I think, three years now. I went to school here. I played, I played ball here for a little bit. Okay. Two, two seasons. Okay. And then, uh, so that all together is probably like maybe 12 months, 14 months or whatever. And then um, my family opened a business here mm. and we all uprooted to here. My family was in Calgary at the time. I was still back and forth between Edmonton and Calgary. I'm in Toronto. Right. But um, it's been coming on two years now. Okay. You so know, still, still a little bit. So it must be still new though. It's still fresh. Toronto's all you know and then you see it is. So to answer your question, man. I didn't grow up in government housing. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in a poverty-struggling area, I ain't gonna lie. Mm-hmm. I grew up in Riverbend. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well you know the city, but that's on the southwest, mm-hmm. and it's a pretty white neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So in my school, in my elementary, I was the only black kid, only black kid in my junior high, one of, like, five black kids in my high school. Mm-hmm. So I grew up confused on the social sense about what it meant to be black. I go home and my mom is a strong black woman and she held it down and she made sure that we knew our Nigerian roots. We were very well rooted in the Nigerian community. We were very focused on education as we all are as immigrants, you know, and I played sports. I know you did too. So you're focused on that. I was focused on that too. But when I, the reason I say confused is because you're not always with your mom. You know, mm-hmm. you go out into the world and as a young teenager and a young kid, those are the most formidable years of your life. And you spend a lot of time 
with people at school and at sport teams more than you do with your family. 100%. More than you do with your community. So being in those groups of people, being in those circles as a young kid and like trying to fit in and not trying to fit in, but trying to fit in, it really left me wondering what does it mean to truly be black? Cause like, I don't even have that many black friends. Like, cause of what's, cause of where I live and I play this sport. Mm-hmm. I got my friends and my cousins, you know, my family members from the Nigerian community, but they still like, we all live on different sides of the city. So it's not the same. So you, you, what, you played hockey? Yeah. Okay. Cause I wanted to play hockey when I was younger, Word. but <laughs> it was expensive. Yeah. It's violent. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean, but it's it just it looks like fun. Mm-hmm. So what what's the hockey culture like? You know, like the team culture, the team atmosphere, especially being black. The hockey culture is, for the most part, they're open, they're very accepting, but they didn't. They didn't become open at first. Mm-hmm. It takes some warming up too, and not not everybody. Of course, there's always like the police love saying bad apples. Mm-hmm. There's always bad apples. So there are a few people who didn't take on to a black kid playing hockey, and I just happened to be good. I started playing pretty late, but I loved it, and I was really good, and I played on a lot of high teams, and I was taking spots over people, and people didn't like that. People were getting upset and would begin using tactics that they would never use if I wasn't black. Let me tell you a story. I played SSAC my first year. I made AAA, but I'm AAA. I was 13 years old. We ended up being the best team in the province that year. We only lost four games, and we won provincials, and we got bronze and westerns. And of that 19-man roster, about 10 of those guys got drafted to the NHL. Mm-hmm. One, pretty, like my, pretty, the pretty one who's probably doing the best out of everyone right now, Jake DeBrusque, mm-hmm. he just was just in the Stanley Cup final last year. And that team, I made that team. There's like a month of tryouts. Thousand kids tried out. I made that team. Out of the thousand, I was the top 19. And the organization came to my mom and told my mom that, look, there's other people who need that spot over Clinton. Wow. Because they told the coach to say this to my mom. The coach is like, he earned the spot. Like, we did tryouts. Like, he's it's a skill-based sport. He mm-hmm. earned the spot. So mm-hmm. the coach didn't want to be in the middle of that. And that's still an issue, that he didn't take a stand. The organization told my mom that they would give her a $1,000 scholarship for me. So, like, they would reduce my fees by $1,000 if she dropped me down from AAA to AA. And double A, there's like three double A teams, but there's only one triple A team. It's not as it's not the top dog. Yeah, Yeah. you know, so it's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And she's like, How can I tell my son this? How can I tell my thirteen year old son who worked his butt off and made this team that now because you guys have a a bigger sponsor, someone who has big pockets, has writing checks and has dinners with the coach and you guys golf on the weekends together. Their kid didn't make it. Now my kid has to come down. How? You tell me, how would you tell your 13-year-old son that? That's, that's disgusting. My mom held her ground, and she didn't. She didn't bring me down. She didn't even tell me that until like a few years later, until I stopped playing with SSAC, until like I moved on to the Alberta Junior Hockey League, and I was irate. And she 
didn't want to bring it up with SSAC because I had a little brother, right? And she didn't know at that time if he was going to play hockey because mm-hmm. like, I was playing hockey. So, you know, she's like, what if he goes through SSAC again? Like, I don't want him to be discriminated against. And he plays but, hockey too? No, he doesn't. Oh. He does. He didn't anyway. So, like, that's why that shouldn't even be a reason, but that just showed my mom scared to speak up on it because she doesn't want <laughs> to, dam- her, to yeah, damage she, the chance exactly, for the other Exactly. Crazy. No, he plays football, basketball, and track. That's what's up. Good yeah, for him. Yeah. But, you know, kudos to your mom on, on speaking out, right? Mm-hmm. So you would say that there is some white privilege in sports. 100%. That's interesting. That is a very interesting point. Because, you know, we're, we're, we're told to believe that sports is based on merit mm-hmm. and merit alone. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, sometimes somebody's money is green, you know, and, yeah. and it, money is power in in, in an age where we're uh, surrounded by consumerism. That's that, honestly, I'm I'm at a loss for words. Like that's that's a, that's a very fucked up. That's a very fucked up story. Bro, like you can't even make this up. I could call my mom right now. She'll tell you the whole thing then in even deeper detail than I just told you. And has have you ever told that story to anybody else? Never. That's I've never crazy. had the conversation too. I didn't know how to bring it up. I didn't know who would care. I didn't know who would listen. Like. If someone even told that to me, I'd be like, you're lying. Like, that's fake. Like, you know, like, lying. if if I didn't know how discrimination works and I wasn't accustomed to anything and I was uneducated, like a lot of people are, mm-hmm. I'd be like, you're lying. Like, there's no way an organization told your mom, like, bribed your mom pretty much to remove you from a team. Like, that doesn't even sound real. It doesn't. But it's a reality. Yeah. In a place where a lot of people say, you know, hey, Canada's better than, you know, our... I don't want to say our our neighbors to the south of the border. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's the reality of the situation. If if it's in if it's in sports, then who's to say it's not in every other institution or every other organization or any other athletics? You know, it could be mm-hmm. in basketball. It could be in you know. Obviously, we know it's universities as well. Mm-hmm. The workplace. Yeah. The 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 police system. Yeah, you know, and and that's why you got to speak out. It's your duty to speak out on this stuff. And sometimes you don't have, you don't understand how to speak out on it. You know, especially when you don't know who's on your team. Yeah. So, so thank you for for just even you know bringing that up right now and like bringing pleasure, awareness. Man, to you know, like I know God's on my team. I know Jesus is on my team, and that's where I get the strength and the words to speak because like I don't even know how to talk about these issues. Mm-hmm. That's why I haven't for so long. But I'm just letting the Spirit guide me mm-hmm. and. Like it's as you should. It's a blessing. It is a blessing. And like the Bible says, when Jesus speaks, his sheep listen. His sheep know his voice, and he knows his sheep. I'm not saying I'm Jesus. But I'm saying we all have a voice, mm-hmm. and when we speak, we all hear each other's voice. If we're on the same frequency as the as the person speaking, mm-hmm. if we're agreeing with the same thing, if we're striving for the same future, mm-hmm. and I had no clue the outpour of people in Edmonton are on the same frequency. There's a lot of people on the same A lot frequency. of people from, like, you saw that kid was, like, four. That girl was four years old, 11 years old. Then, like, there were older people there. So I saw, like, old white people. I'm sure you did, too, at the back. You see all those old people. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, yo, like, we have a lot of support. And we had a lot of people our age. A lot of people our age were there, too. That was the bulk of the people, I would say. Mm-hmm. And that goes to show that young Edmontonians want change in their city because we're the ones 
who are going to be the leaders of tomorrow, of today. Of today. Not even of tomorrow, of today. We're the leaders of today. Grooming the kids, we're the leaders of tomorrow. Mm. It's funny because I was telling you this and I was telling my bro this. I had no intention of uh, going to the protest yesterday. Am I lying? We, We had no intention at all. We literally just said, yo, let's go see what's going on. You know, let's go pass by. And like... Some things you, they're just unexplainable. Like I don't know what possessed me. To, I had I left my man waiting here for like an hour, but like <laughs> I don't know what what said yo let's go. You know what I mean? But like it led me there and it led me to something that's a greater purpose, and that's you know fighting the good fight. And now we're here and we're discussing and like this is what you know not just people but black people need to learn to do is come together regardless of you know <clears throat> regardless of religion, background, where you're from, whatever be able to sit at the table and say well, how do we take it one step further how do we how do we bring awareness and then move forward mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying because i've i've mentioned on this podcast before i've had many many instances racist incidents some mild you know like microaggressions you know like uh you guys already know about the waiter who asked me if i'm a drug dealer mm-hmm. but uh that's check the youtube for that what? You know, yeah tell me <laughs> um I just had a cactus club paying my bill saying, you know, I got to go home, go back, you know, go back to work tomorrow. You know, mm. what do you, waiter asked me what I do, I manage a business. Mm. And she asked me if I'm a drug dealer, like blatant, just like that. You know, it's crazy because that's like, why? exactly. Why? Why? That's the question. Why? And it's crazy because of all the experiences I've had with racism. That's, that's probably like at the, the bottom of the mm-hmm. barrel, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's things be, like I've seen how the the police system is is broken here. You know, I haven't said this publicly, but I've witnessed the police kill somebody before when I was 17 years old. You know, and my brother was there too. You know what I'm saying? As a 17 year old growing up in the inner city, you grow up to think that shit is normal. You grow up to think that that happens every day because there was other people that it's happened to. In That's my city. horrible, man. You know what I'm saying? And you don't know how to speak out on that stuff at a young age, you know? So all the other instances, you know, the the, the, the getting carded, uh, getting pulled over for no reason, for literally just being black, being accused of stealing my own mother's car, who I shared a last name with, I've been pulled over and accused of painting my, my mother's car a different color. Your mother's car, that you have the same last same name, last same last address. Name, same everything. You know what I'm saying? And the worst part about it, it was a black cop. And oh his, his partner stood there and didn't say anything to me. And, like, wouldn't intervene, no nothing. So, like, these instances with the police, these instances of racism that we're seeing, these are, like, we're all seeing. All, we, we all have different types of experiences. And at the protest the other day, yesterday, everybody came together to s- to, to share a common problem, but also to to come to a common solution. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So racism is a is a big, big, big problem in Canada. You know, from from the, the foundation of how this country was founded all the way to the systems, you know, the, the, the government housing, the, the schools, mm-hmm. the the universities, the mm-hmm. access to, to education. They mm-hmm. make it accessible in Ontario, but they don't make it accessible out here. Mm-hmm. If you tell me for me to get an education, I have to take a you know, fifty thousand dollar loan, that's gonna cripple me. In you the get future. a house. Yeah, you can get a house. 
how 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 do you how do you position yourself to to overcome? Yeah, it's easy to pay off debt, but like, well, there's no other options. You know what I'm saying? They For a lot of people, it's not easy to pay off debt. It's not. It's not easy to pay off debt. No, but like, you know, the system is designed this way on purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, and in order to realize that, we need to educate ourselves. We need to educate our peers. We need to educate white people. Mm-hmm. And that's what you were doing yesterday. You you took it upon yourself to bring people together yesterday. Nobody told you to do that. God bless you, man. You know what I'm saying? So kudos to you on that. You know, I, I commend that. You know what I'm God saying? bless it starts, you. It starts in the backyard. All the glory goes to God, man. Hey, man. All praise due to the Most High. Yes, but, um, you know, it's... it's, it's So what I was going to ask you next, which was... Uh, tell me about the music. Tell me about what? Your music. My music. Yeah, how so are you using your music to, to, to make a change? I'm using my music to make a change because I have a lot of people that listen to me. And I have a voice. I have a way to directly get into people's ears already. Because mm-hmm. it's one thing. We all have followers. We all have friends that we can use and talk to and educate. But it's a blessing to have a platform. And I've been just talking about situations and experiences that I've gone through and that I am going through in the state of the world right now. Things I've never talked about in my music, but things I've always wanted to talk about but just didn't know how mm-hmm. didn't know how to talk about it didn't know how it would be accepted mm. but now it's just like i know and how because it's just coming out of me naturally and i know that i don't care how it's accepted because mm-hmm. the city's shown that they want change the same way the rest of the world wants change mm-hmm. so that's what's up and you've you started your own brand your own mm-hmm. company which means i i i assume that you're not looking to go the the, the getting signed route. No, you're looking to remain independent. Yeah, and that's a conscious decision on your part, right? Yeah, I've thought about that a lot. I'm like, you know, like, do I want to get signed or do I want to stay independent? Like, I've thought about it a lot, like, mm-hmm. battled myself with it. But I'm like, I want to be independent because I started this wanting to be independent, and with the strength of God and the gifts He's given me and my work ethic, I'm gonna go to the moon being independent. I look at a rapper like Young Dolph. He's still independent mm-hmm. and he's pretty big. And there's Jay Z, mm-hmm. he's Jay-Z's independent. independent. You Nipsey know, was independent Nipsey too. was independent. Mm-hmm. P Diddy, like I look up to those moguls like that, and I know it's gonna be a longer route. I know it's gonna be a harder route, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna remain independent, remain humble, and keep working. And everything that I've gone so far has been a blessing. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not supposed to have anything. I have. I'm not supposed to be here talking to you. I'm the least qualified person to, to talk on this issue. I'm the least qualified person to have a business and be running a successful business and be an artist and be a leader and be a vocalist for people who are oppressed. Mm. I have no qualifications for that, but that just shows that this is bigger than you and me. This is God just using my life and things I find interesting and my talents Mm -hmm. to make a better world. That's what's up, bro. That's what I commend you, man. I'm all for it. I'm all for supporting local artists. I think um, Canada has the potential to really shift the culture the only thing that makes it difficult for canada is you know there's not many big cities to Mm. go and tour in Mm. which is why a lot of artists do want to get signed so that they can take their brand to the united states and they can go to all the different cities because a lot of the money is made in in touring Mm. unless you build your own company and build a business around right the music because you don't really get paid from music right I get paid for streams. For streams, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but compared like to everything else you're everything making. Everything else, yeah. Everything else is the bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Music's yeah. just the foundation. The foundation, exactly. And I don't I don't think people understand that part. 
you know, that, that music is a, is a business. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just I put my stuff up and I, you do get paid for it. But it's not like, oh, I, I put this stuff out here. I'm, it's going to make me this much. You're not going to make a million dollars solely off streams. Mm-hmm. It's going to be around the business you build around yeah. the music. So kudos to you for understanding that, especially in a place that hasn't been local local friendly, you know. Thank you, man. You know, it's just about showing people that time for changes now. Mm-hmm. I've always believed that in my music. That's why I've gone as hard as I have. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I've been destined for greatness. Mm-hmm. YGMG is like, we sell apparel. My tracksuits, I ordered tracksuits. They sold out within two days, bro. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't even expect to sell that many. Got them, posted my story, boom, sold them all out. I have back orders and I got like 40 <laughs> back orders, bro. Plus I got like mad hoodies and with COVID, mm-hmm. the shipping's been slow and people are like, yo, where's my order? I'm like, I'm coming with it. You know, like I'm waiting on it. Mm-hmm. Shipping's slow, like bear with me. And everyone's been really patient, but mm-hmm. the support has been unreal. It's just been growing over the years because people are seeing that I'm coming from the right place and I want change for the city. I want the city to get the attention it needs because not just myself, there's a whole... Hip hop. There's a whole music industry in the city. Oh, there's yeah, a there lot is, yeah. of talented artists in the city, singers, rappers, songwriters, cameramen, the list goes on. Mm-hmm. And we all need to get the recognition we deserve, but it just starts by one person striving for change mm-hmm. and striving to bring everybody together. Mm-hmm. So what do you think we need to do moving forward? Uh, addressing What's the next step? Let's, let's go back to the, the race conversation. What's mm-hmm. the next step? The next step is to get a sit down with the Edmonton police. Mm-hmm. And you and I were talking about that earlier. You said you guys had something before the protest started. Mm-hmm. And I think that after we have these next few protests, it'd be very possible to get a sit down with the police because they know what's going on. They were listening now. They were listening. You guys have a platform. I have a platform. The people organizing Friday's event have a platform. If all of us come together and use our voice unanimously, Mm-hmm. and tell the police we want to sit down and talk about what's going on in the communities, I believe that we will get that sit down. Mm-hmm. And I believe that it will get televised so that people at home and people who are thinking that this issue is made up by people who are angry or uneducated will see that this is a real issue and it's not going away and it's being addressed by the other side, by both sides. By both it's sides. not just one group of angry people. It's a group of educated people mm-hmm. who are hungry for change, talking with those who are able to make change. Mm -hmm. In today's world, education is key. Education is power. But you don't need to go to college to get education. You don't need to go to college to do something in the world. You know how celebrities are able to influence politicians. And some celebrities Mm -hmm. are able to go to the White House and influence presidents to change laws. Mm -hmm. It's because of the world we live in. And if if we use our platform, we use our voice in the right way, we will have enough influence to sway laws in the right way to make communities better for people across Canada. Mm-hmm. To build policies and get bills passed yes. and all that. Yep, 100%. 100%. So, you know, at what point were you like, yo, I'm doing this protest? What, what, what was it that was like, yo, I need to do this? On Monday, I went to the protest and it got canceled. And I said, I'm still going, canceled or not. And I hope to see a lot of people there. Mm-hmm. I went, there were maybe like 30 people there when I got there, and more came and left, so overall I would say 50 people there. Mm-hmm. I had a good conversation with someone who was on the other side. He was a white supremacist. I posted on my YouTube, you guys can check that out. 
And there was a good, like, 10, 11-man convo with him, hearing him out, and I gave him some good insights. I like to think that he learned a few things because he was definitely expecting a different conversation than the one we had. Mm -hmm. And it's good that he respected us enough to hear us out, and we respected him enough to hear him out. Mm -hmm. And that, me seeing the impact that one conversation made, really like sparked in me i said okay we we were on the right path mm -hmm. there's gonna be those resisting but we gotta just have respect for each other and sit down and talk that's what we gotta do everyone has to have respect for each other because if you have respect for me and i have respect for you you're gonna hear me out and i'm gonna hear you out mm -hmm. so that conversation those interactions made me be like we need a rally when the tuesday one got canceled i said the same thing i'm going out like this is pathetic Mm -hmm. They're rallying all over the world. London, Syria, Iran, <laughs> yeah. New Zealand, mm -hmm. like all of 50 states in America are rallying and protesting what's going on. Even Toronto, mm -hmm. Vancouver, what was it? Regina. Regina. <laughs> well, out, in, out east, was it Newfoundland? Halifax, like what? You know? Mm -hmm. uh, France. Mm -hmm. The list goes on. And Edmonton is just quietly sitting here saying we'll have a digital protest, which is... <laughs> you know, I I don't support. No, I don't support the digital protest because, of course, I support it. We're all fighting mm -hmm. the same fight. My tool wouldn't be a digital protest. However, it's good that we did have a digital protest because there were people who think that this isn't a issue. That's why no one's protesting. It's like been a week and no one's protesting in Edmonton. Mm -hmm. Those people watch the digital protest, and I know a lot of those people change their stance and they were educated mm -hmm. about the things that were said on the digital protest because i saw a lot of comments but i was like i personally will not benefit from a digital protest because we won't benefit from a digital protest mm -hmm. the world won't benefit from a digital protest because if they don't like what you're saying they can just block your page exactly. they can just cancel your connection mm -hmm. but us being in the streets you know that they care about their streets they care about government buildings they care about these things and if there's groups of people there they're going to pay attention the news mm -hmm. is going to come and news is going to get out to the city and to the province and to the prime minister and that's what happened that's exactly that's what, happened. what happened and i was expecting a few hundred people <laughs> not how many were there like i was surprised i didn't even realize how many people were there I didn't realize until we started people. walking exactly. and i was like yo <laughs> wait a walking. minute like how many people are here like that was crazy we were all in the front like <laughs> yo that was great. There were like different chants going on. Like we had a chant at the front and then the back, like because they couldn't yeah. hear us, so they had their own chant going on. It was crazy. It was man. powerful. It was really, it really was powerful. It was a big step forward, showing that Edmonton knows Edmontonians know there's racism here, mm -hmm. and they're tired of it, and they want to take stand because the same way the spirit led you to come yesterday, bro. The spirit led a lot of other people to come. Mm -hmm. I had a group of people tell me, "Yo, like." We weren't going to come. Like, we didn't know what was going on. And then one person saw your story. And then another well, another group of our friends saw your live. So then we came. And we're like, yo, it's good. Because we've been thinking the same thing. How come there's no rally? Mm -hmm. A lot of people saying, how come there's been no protests? Like, this isn't right. Black lives matter. All lives matter. We know that. But black lives are the ones getting killed. Right now, yeah. Again and again and again. Mm -hmm. So the city is taking a stand. People are thinking the way we're thinking. A lot of people aren't still, and that's okay, because they're going to come around sooner or later. Mm -hmm. Not everyone's going to come around off the bat. This is a long journey it we're on. It takes time. It takes yes. time. Uh, my thing was when you know, when uh, it was over the weekend, I was like, you know, if, if it's going to take a thousand conversations to, to, to spark some change, you know, that's something 
we got to be willing to do. You mm-hmm. know, that's something we got to be willing to sit down with people. It's It sounds like it's going to take forever, but it's actionable. You know what I'm saying? A conversation, like you said, you had with the white supremacist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That is impactful. You, you tell another... When someone is a white supremacist and someone is a black person and you bring up the idea of you, I want to sit have a conversation with a white supremacist, a nigga will tell you you're crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? How can somebody sit and talk to someone that has totally radical beliefs? Because that's what white supremacy beliefs are very, very, very far right, very radical. Yes. It's, 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 it's basically saying, yo, I'm better than you because of the color of my skin. Point blank, period. Mm-hmm. So, for you to have the the audacity to say, yo, I'm going to have this conversation with this person, says a lot about how powerful what we're fighting, what, like the power behind what we're fighting for. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people wouldn't do that. I want to know why they think that way. I want, it's not enough for me to know, okay, you think that you're superior because you're... I want to know why. I want to know fundamentally why. Why, why, yeah, the rationale behind it. What makes you really believe that? Yes. And when you have that conversation one-on-one, you're able to counter the things, because now it's a conversation, it's a dialogue. A dialogue Mm -hmm. is agreed. Yes. The way me and you are having a conversation, you agreed to have this conversation. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So now you have to hear what I have to say, and Mm -hmm. I have to hear what you have to say. Mm -hmm. And then you can really provoke thought. People underestimate how powerful conversation can be. You know, think about all the entertainment we watch. A lot of it is just conversation. Yeah. You know, a lot of it is just conversation. You sprinkle in a little bit of drama, throw in some action. You got yourself a Netflix series with 10 episodes. Yeah. You binge watch the whole thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the power of conversation is, is, is beyond just, like it's. I think it's more powerful than a protest. Because it's harder to do because you have to do one-on-one, one-on-one, one-on-one. But it allows you to get through to people. Mm-hmm. It allows you to counter, oh, what this guy is trying to say. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that you did that, like, kudos to you. You know what I'm saying? That's that's really, really big. You know, I'm, I've never heard of anybody. I have heard of someone, actually. There's a guy, uh, he was on the Joe Rogan podcast um, a couple months ago. His name's Daryl Davis. I don't know if you've heard of him. I think he's a chubby guy, right? He's a chubby black guy. Honestly, Jazz musician. Man, I watched his TED Talk. I watched his TED Talk the day I went to the ledge on Monday. Really? On my way there. And <laughs> he talked about, he talked about like, befriending the Grand the, Wizard. Yep, the Grand Wizard, yep. Yeah, I watched it all. And like, that is what gave me that motivation to talk to this guy. To be like, you know what? Mm-hmm. This guy's right. Like, I just want to hear. Because I'm like, if this guy's able to make a Grand Wizard, like, of the Ku Klux Klan, yeah, like, hand in your hood and roll. Yeah. Like, that's serious. I was just, like, hyping myself up with that as I was walking, like, on the bridge, like, to the ledge, just, like, thinking about that. Because mm. that yeah, guy happened to be there. He explained that I was watch- I was listening to it, and he explained, like, you know, he, he sat down, had a meeting with the Grand Wizard, <laughs> and he came with the, with, the, with the security guard or whatever, and mm-hmm. the tension was in the room or whatever. Mm-hmm. And after they were able to cut the tension with the, with awkward scenario or something yeah. they're actually able to have a productive conversation and we need to get past you know what we're, what my brother was saying at the protest yesterday you gotta make it uncomfortable first mm. okay make the conversation uncomfortable mm. once you've gotten that out of the way now we can have a progressive conversation mm-hmm. you know saying an A and B conversation uh, you know whatever there may be some disagreements but you're able to talk it out yeah 
that's why most of the world's problems are are hashed out with meetings, summits, mm-hmm. conversations. Right? All, not even all most, them. all, like all of them. Not it's not people think it's it's war, it's it's violence. Yeah, maybe violence might bring you to the table. Maybe that might spark some outrage, but it's it's it's, it's dialogue. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. opening up a dialogue. So yeah, kudos kudos to you, bro. Thank you, man. You know, you should be really, really proud of yourself. And I you just want to inspire people to do the same. Hey, what we all want to do. We want to inspire people, you know, inspire people to, to be the change they want to see in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are very, very pessimistic. A lot of people, a lot of people don't know if this is, if this is it. But I, me personally, in my heart, I feel like, uh, not even my heart, in my gut, you know what I'm saying? You know when, when you're, re- you can relate to this because you do music, you know, when you're working, working, working on tour or something, mm-hmm. you get a feeling of, of the momentum shifting. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's the feeling I have right now with this, with this, uh, with everything that's going on in the world in, in terms of racism. Is that that feeling is is that the momentum shifting is is overcoming not just my body. I'm pretty sure everybody can speak on this in this room. Momentum's been shifting since the start of this year, even before COVID. I'm sure we all felt as soon as 2020 started, it was a different year. It mm-hmm. wasn't a regular year, and with everything going on, the momentum has swung. It's not shifting, it's swung. Because mm-hmm. we le- are in, we're in the age of Aquarius, which is a digital mm-hmm. age, the age of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Instagram and Twitter aren't censored. The same thing you and I see, a five-year-old sees. Mm-hmm. The world is seeing all ages, all walks of life are seeing what's happening in the world in real time. Mm-hmm. And people are getting upset about it or they're condoning it. Mm. But either way, they're taking a stance because mm. you, ha- you you can't not take a stance. You, you can't, can't. No, you can't. You can't have no emotion to it because it's been happening so long. You see it all the time. My family members in the states send me articles before this all the time of black people getting killed and stuff. And I'm like, Yo, I don't even want to be seeing this stuff. Mm-hmm. But you but can't reality. ignore. It. And the same articles I see, white people see too, and not just white people, racists see too. Mm-hmm. Those who want oppression, they see that too, mm-hmm. and. They're like, good. That guy probably deserved it. He was probably talking back to the cops. That's down the third. Mm-hmm. So the, the, there's a huge swing in momentum, and we're gonna harness this momentum swing mm-hmm. for the betterment of our community and our city. Hundred percent. That's what we're here to do. Let's talk about um. Let's talk a little bit more about privilege, right? Um, privilege. Obviously, there's white privilege. <coughs> mm-hmm. There's male privileges, obviously. Mm-hmm. How has privilege been? Uh, how, how have you seen the privilege affect your day-to-day life? White privilege, aside from the hockey thing, but in other ways. People need to realize that white privilege is real. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing. It's not a made-up thing. Mm-hmm. It's very real. I'm sure we've all seen that YouTube video by now. It's a pretty old one. It's like everyone's starting the line. Mm-hmm. And if you grew up in a house with two parents, take a step. If you had an allowance, take a step. If you got a car as a gift, take a, you know. Mm-hmm. And seeing that, because I can relate with everything that's gone on in, with that, that's another way that privilege is so prevalent in the society that people don't even realize. They just think, oh, no, like, everyone lives like this. Mm-hmm. And those who don't, like, well, that's not my problem. That's not my place to think about it. Mm-hmm. I personally, growing like I said, like I grew up in an area like we were able to be in this area, but we didn't live like everyone else. You know, like my parents worked hard and put everything they had to get us a good house in a good neighborhood. Mm-hmm. But 
we didn't have money for the creature comforts and the like and you know the things that people in the suburbs always have vacations mm -hmm. all that stuff and like i was fine with that growing up i didn't really see much of an issue with it growing up until i go to school and realize oh my friend got this and like my friends getting new clothes and i gotta go to value village and shop and mm -hmm. i didn't really care at the time because i didn't care i'm like oh as long as i have something on my body I'm happy, but then I go to school and like people try to make fun of my clothes. I'm like, yo, like what's wrong with what I'm wearing? Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not naked. Why would anyone care what I'm even wearing? Mm -hmm. And people not seeing that like white privilege is real. I was a chatty kid in school. <laughs> I'm a talker <laughs> right now, and I would get in trouble a lot for talking. Mm -hmm. And you know, rightfully so, if you're disturbing the class and you're doing some wrong, sure. But lots of times, like I wasn't being the one. I wasn't the one starting the talk, and I wasn't the one doing anything. Mm -hmm. My friends will be talking as soon as I say something. I can get out of here. Mm -hmm. and they they get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and they never see it. My my white friends used to. I remember I had this one friend <laughs> in elementary Austin, mm -hmm. and he taught me so many swear words that I never knew, <laughs> bro. Uh, bro, I grew up in a Christian Nigerian, Nigerian household. household. I'm barely allowed to watch TV or go on the computer. When I am, it's monitored in short period of time. I don't know I, nothing about what these kids are watching. You know, my my age mates. He taught me so many swears. Taught me so many like profane, inappropriate things at such a young age. And his mom had the audacity to tell him that she didn't want him hanging out with me because I'm a bad influence on him. <laughs> I'm like, yo, how am I a bad influence? I didn't even know. A fraction, anything of what you told me before we became friends, and I'm a bad influence. That's 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 like that's something we see a lot of, you know. But we don't speak on. Mm -hmm. You know, what I'm saying where parents can say, "Hey, you know, he's the bad apple," but mm -hmm. it's like, "Yo, your your child is a bad apple." You know yeah, it's it's your child. You know what I mean? And and I see it a lot, and it comes down to what we were talking about: the protest, accountability, mm -hmm. right? You, if you're not taking accountability for your child and him being a bad apple, how can we expect you to take accountability for having these conversations about racism? Mm -hmm. How can we ha expect you to take accountability for taking this stuff into your own hands? You know, it's the same parents that, you know, their their kid gets cut from the team, right? Because they're not yeah, good they're enough. They're calling the organization. And they're, calling the they're calling the organization. They're pulling strings. They're writing checks. They're calling in favors. Mm-hmm. That's that is what is wrong with you know, not just like sports, but just like the upbringing. Is you're, you got to hold kids accountable from a young age. Mm -hmm. You were obviously were held accountable from a young age. Yeah, like you're saying, your stuff was monitored. I know Nigerian households. You got to <laughs> be on top of your school. Yep, I was an honor student. We all, me and my siblings, my little brother, my two sisters, all honor students. You know, so you're held accountable from a young age. So that now, when you're a grown ass man, and it's time to really do some shit that's significant, you know, you, you can lean on that that years of practice of accountability. Mm. You know, it's very hard to expect people to hold people accountable for things if they can't hold themselves accountable. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes, that's the way I am with my little brother. Like, he an athlete, and he's going to the NFL. He's mm. going to get a full-ride <laughs> scholarship NCAA. He's going to the NFL first round, first overall. Mm -hmm. He's a superstar. That's what's And saying. I... I train him up to be like that, and I'm like, yo, everything I hold you to, I hold myself to, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm not even playing sports. Like, I wake up at 5.30 in the morning, I wake him up. Mm -hmm. We go for a run, we do a workout, and then he's got his online school, you know what I mean? And like, and then I start my day. I'm not even playing sports. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm showing you 
what I'm it leading takes. by example. What it I'm, takes. Yes, what it takes to be great. Because it's not just about being a good athlete. It's mm-hmm. about being a good human being. Mm-hmm. That is more important than any athletic accomplishment you can ever achieve. Well, if you play sports and you're a fucking trash human being, you haven't accomplished anything in life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So sports does sports does teach character. Mm-hmm. And sports does, does bring that, you know. Um, I wanted to go back into music. Um, you you mentioned who your inspirations were for staying independent. Mm. Who was who was your biggest inspiration growing up in terms of just making music? Honestly, man, I started making music like I said, like maybe five years ago. Mm. So I didn't really have plans to make music growing mm. up. I listened to like Fifty Cent growing up. Eminem, Lil Wayne was my is my favorite artist mm. of all Jay, time. Of all time, yeah, Lil Wayne, Jay Z. Meek Mill, those are my musical inspirations. Uh, mm-hmm. I am fans of their art style, and with like Meek Mill and Jay Z, I'm fans of what they do outside of their music. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, a student of okay. what they do in the community and how they are fighting for change all over. You heard Jay Z called the yep. uh, Minnesota governor. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't like, know that. They don't. Yeah. The governor was trying to say, like, oh, yeah, Jay-Z called me. Like, <laughs> that's sad that Jay-Z had to call you to that's be like, yo, sad. you got to charge this nigga. That's very sad. But I, I, I love what they do in the community, and mm-hmm. I look up to them on that aspect of things and how they're still able to do that and still be great artists. Mm-hmm. That's that's rare. Well, Jay-Z is my undisputed goat. That's yeah. the greatest of all time. Yeah. Not a question that I'm glad we can agree on that. Yes, we can, man. I, I wouldn't have let you uh, come here if we could. <laughs> <laughs> Jay, Jay is the GOAT. Yeah, no, but what they do outside of music is, is what's important. You know, the Kendricks, the Jay-Zs, mm-hmm. the Meeks. The Kendricks, the yeah. Jay Coles. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I love Jay Cole's music, and I love what he, how he carries himself, mm-hmm. what he stands for. You know, he, he is just through and through. And he's in our, He's young. He's in like the same generation as Drake, the same yep. age as Drake. He's not like up there like Jay Z is like kind of grandfather of the yeah. whole game. You could say. <laughs> J Cole is still relevant, dropping music. Not that Jay Z is not relevant, but mm-hmm. you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah he's he's still and like yeah. Like he was at the protests with no security by himself in L. A. And that speaks volumes. Yeah, that speaks volumes when you're frontline with your people that mm-hmm. you're fighting for. That is is leading by example. You know what I'm saying? Because you know you don't have to be there. Me and my bro, we don't have to be there. Mm-hmm. We can just sit at home like everybody else and tweet and whatever <laughs> and do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when you are speaking on the issue and then people look on social media and they see, oh shit, this guy's there frontline. He's he's really he's really with the shits. He's mm-hmm. really about what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. That establishes a lot of a lot of credibility behind you. You know what I'm saying? And when it's time to go and, and, and make real change, they're going to say, yo, I was here. Yes. I was with these people walking. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was with these people marching. I was with these people fighting for the same fundamental human rights. You know? Yes. Because this is no longer, uh, you know, a lot of organizations, they didn't want to comment on this shit because they didn't, the politics, yep. the semantics, you know what I'm saying? But this is no longer about politics. This well past that. It's, it's a past. This is hu- it's fundamental human rights. You're telling me as a black man, I want to walk down the street. I gotta worry. I gotta. I gotta look over my shoulder. You know what? Growing up in Toronto, and a lot of Toronto people that listen to this can attest to this. What's the first thing you do when you get in your car? Lock the door. Lock the door. And yep. then what? Put your seatbelt on. Yeah. Yeah. In Toronto, it's different. You sit down and you put your seatbelt on. You take your fitted off. Because right. you know if the, if a police officer rolls up on you and you got that fitted on, 
they gon' they gonna come check that license plate. Just for having a hat. Just for having the hat. Just for looking the part. You know what I'm saying? Just for What's being black. The part exactly. being black. Exactly. You know, and this ha- this stuff happens a lot. A lot. Getting pulled over for no reason. All this stuff. It's a re- it's our reality. Yeah. You know, I know I know I can speak for every black person when they pull up to the light and there's a cop beside them. Your ass gets tight. Yeah. For no reason. Yeah. Like you I haven't do done anything illegal. Like, yeah, I'm just going to keep looking You just keep forward. looking straight forward. You, white people can't understand that. Oh. Or even understand that, you know, when you walk into a store. Being followed. Being followed. When you're here to spend money in this establishment. Yeah. Give you my hard-earned money. Mm-hmm. I'm being followed and being made to feel like a second-class customer. Mm-hmm. Second-class citizen. Second-class you know citizen. Like it's... it's, it's 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 flat out wrong, you know. So we have to start dis- dismantling that those stereotypes, you know. And those stereotypes are so embedded in society that white people, when you tell them talk them about racism, about your personal racist experiences, they're quick to dismiss it. Mm-hmm. They're quick to clap back with "All Lives Matter." Mm-hmm. Which means they're still not take it. They're not taking it seriously. Which is why these conversations are necessary. Yeah, all lives can't matter until Black lives matter because Black lives is part of all lives, mm-hmm. is it not? Yes, Black lives is part of Black lives, and and I like the analogy, and I've seen this analogy a lot. It's like if I'm cut, and the white guy's cut, and I need a band aid, are you gonna go and give that guy a band aid? Because all, all cuts matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's some shit like that. I don't know exactly. But no, I get what you're saying. Like, if you got a cut and someone else doesn't have a cut, you can just give everyone Everybody band-aids. Can, no, that's not how it works. All skin matters. Uh, you know, all cuts matter. His future cut will matter. Mm-hmm. Like, no, if, uh, if, a, if a house is on fire, the fire trucks aren't going to come spray every house because mm-hmm. all houses matter. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. And um, the next thing I was going to say is I don't like to get political on this podcast. But do you think politics has some sort of impact or vice versa with racism here in yes, Alberta? Yes, it does. It truly does. I don't pay too much attention to politics, so I'm not even going to be able to dig too deep into the conversation with you. Mm-hmm. However, I do know that bill one that passed that everyone was concerned about, mm-hmm. that bill was signed. It was an executive order, so as soon as it was signed, it was officially a bill. It didn't have to go through the proper channels, and it came so fast. conveniently. Conveniently fast. Conveniently. I thought know? it was bullshit. Yeah, me too. And then I, I like dug deep. I found some. I read over it, and it's legitimate, but it's just another way that the government is trying to control us. That's why they want to scare people into saying they're going to fine them $25,000 or six months in jail or both. Mm-hmm. They want it to be an online rally, like I said, so they can just censor it. They can cut communications. They can block. They can do whatever they want when it's online. Mm-hmm. But when you're there in person, they can't control you. Mm-hmm. That's true. They can't, you know. And 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 for the most part, it was a very very peaceful yes protest. Yes, it was peaceful. You know, there was no ill will. There was no hate speech. You know, mm-hmm. we we did what we came to do. Yeah, bring some awareness to the issue, get some attention, and let people know. And I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, all that happened and, and Trudeau finally acknowledged that systemic racism is a problem in Canada. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Because that, that was today, no? 
No, it was yesterday. That was just same day that we held our rally. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's that. that's that's big, and, and that that oh, it's one step towards change. You know, that's the optimistic view we need to have when you're when the head of your country acknowledges that we've been acknowledging that this is stolen land. That's been yeah. acknowledged, right? But now you're also acknowledging that the system is not benefiting those. It's, it's supposed to protect. It's not designed to protect us, but it's supposed to mm-hmm. protect us, right? That's a big step in the right direction. Yes. Right? And that's why we're having this conversation because you know what? Like you said, we both have a platform and we need to come together to make our, uh, to amplify yeah. our voice. And it might be like, people might be like, oh, they're talking about racism again. You're goddamn right. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep talking about this issue until everybody realizes that, yo, we're discriminating against people because of the color of their skin. That's just fucking nonsense. On the daily, I had people tell me, yo, bro, you shouldn't go protest. There's no need to protest and bring that stuff here to Alberta because there's no racism here <laughs> in Alberta. <laughs> White people, of course. And I said, you telling me that is racist. Mm-hmm. That is a prime example of racism. And mm-hmm. the dude messaged me saying, yo, man, like, I listen to your music, I support your music, but, like, you're wrong here. And I'm like, look, I don't even want you listening to my music, if that's how you think. Mm. And don't call me bro, because, like, I'm not your bro. I want you to see what's going on. You can watch from a distance, mm-hmm. and you will circle back since you listen to my music. You can't be all the way gone. You can't be a, you know, y- mm-hmm. y- there's hope. There's, hope, there's hope. But at that time, at that point in time, I wasn't prepared to have that conversation with him. I'm just like, you know what, you stay over there and you'll watch and see what we do. Mm-hmm. And people like that are swayed with events like yesterday's mm-hmm. because people like that are one foot in, one foot out. Mm-hmm. They follow what's popular and the popular thing in Edmonton was not to protest, was to deny that racism exists here. Mm-hmm. So I am going to keep fighting this alongside you, alongside homie alongside my brother all of us alongside the city because we know it's real here and we know the system is built against us and we know that sitting down with police chiefs and with governors or i guess we're not america with <laughs> premiers and with prime ministers and with business owners and with the right people will make a difference because that's how we can get into the system mm-hmm. the system's broken and it can't be attacked it can't be Attack from outside, it can't be dismantled from outside. It has to be done from inside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's spot on, big fella. Man, appreciate you coming out. My guy. Thank you. Thank you for having me, bro. You already it's know. It's been a pleasure, man. God bless you. Yeah, I'm going to be back, bro. Of it's course. It's the beginning, man. Mm-hmm. Give, you, give, give everybody a shout out. Let them know where they can find your music. Hey, you can find my music on Apple Music, Spotify, everywhere. Type in ogjonah.com. You'll see all my videos, all that stuff. Check out YGMG.com. You'll see the merchandise, the apparel. We got tracksuits, hats, t-shirts, flip-flops, side bags. Johnny, I'm running out of breath here. You know, we got everything. <laughs> so check it out. We're always, we're always promoting for the community. And we're always giving back. So check us out. This week's giveaway, actually, I'm going to shout it out while I'm here. Red Room Studio. We're giving away a studio package worth $250 for you to make your first track if you're an upcoming artist. So I'm going to drop the description details for that under this video or somewhere and yeah you know it's your boy og 780 prince putting on for the city because we need a voice we need to come together
Gap. Shout out my the other half of the Gift the Gap. He's not here with us. Andre Kelly. But you know, we're here. We're here to make a difference. Yeah, yeah, one step at a time. Yes, sir. Just like that, we're gone.